Blog Talk Radio. Gosh, of pro wrestling talk, and and we're gonna have Steve off on on the uh, the uh, after the news a little later on, talking a little independent wrestling. You know, got a cool like partnership. You know, it's, they they call in. Steve gives us a few minutes uh, often, so we're excited to have Steve off talking a little independent wrestling uh, later on in the show. Gotta check us out. We are excited as we enter into a new realm. A new realm of, of pro wrestling talk as we head into 1640, 1640 PWPR. Again, there's 1640 PWPR. That is where we are airing. And PWPR stands for Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio. And that is that is what it is all about. We're, we're starting a network, a, a real... Uh, Almost like a radio station where we're going to have multiple shows. Right now we have the Top Rope Report, Mike Ferrara Speaks, King Firehawk, the Ken Reedy Show. We are starting a network. You want to get on board with this. Go to iTunes right now. You can subscribe for free. Just go in there in the search window. or the search. Put, just put in 1640 PWPR. You can subscribe for free. Check out all these great shows. And just so you guys are aware, we are starting a talent search. So if you are... In, in the market, if you're in the mood, if you think you've got what it takes, if you have the talent to put together your own wrestling radio show, contact us. You can message me. Message us on the Facebook page. Again, our Facebook page is 1640PWPR. Again, Facebook.com slash 1640PWPR. Check us out there. You can get on board if you want to be, you want to perhaps have a show on 1640. If not, just like the Facebook page, go to iTunes, subscribe, get on board, listen to these great wrestling radio shows. As far as this show here, you can check us out on Facebook, and that is Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Our Twitter handle is at The Ken Reedy Show, so you can check us out there. Follow us on the Twitter. So many things going on on the Twitter 
And you can check out the website, thekenreedyshow.com. We got some blogs over there. We got pictures, picture cool fan pictures. Um, we got some bios if you want to know about us. You know, I always find it fun, like, if you're, if you're listening to a radio show and you see if the, uh, the, the voice matches the, the face. So head on over to our website. Check out our pictures. Uh, see if what you guessed we would look like is actually the case. And as always, the best way to get in touch with us is 347-838-9815. That is the number to call if you want to have your opinion heard this evening as we talk about this wonderful world of peripheral, peripheral, professional wrestling. Easy for me to say. And, I, you know, it, I, it's, about, it, I, it's time for the hot tag. I'm getting all flustered here, so let's go right out and get my tag team partner on the line so we can make a little bit of sense out of what the blazes I'm talking about. Dave, all the way from Connecticut. Dave, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. The hot tag has been accepted. I'm ready to clean house. Let's do it. All right, man. Well, the one thing that happened today, and it's kind of breaking news, and it's kind of an odd story, and... Again, take it with a grain of salt because when you go on the dirt sheets and you see the news and things pop up and you see it trending and blah, 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 you never know if it's true or not. So take it with a grain of salt. But from a lot of different outlets, we are hearing now in the WWE that the curb stomp, uh, Seth Rollins' finisher, is is going to be banned. That, uh, that finisher is going to be banned. Uh, and it's... You know, it's it's funny, Dave, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Um, for me, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm curious where exactly uh, the ban is coming from. Was there an injury? Um, is there potential for injury? Uh, has that happened? Is it just the look of the move uh, as far as, you know, obviously in real life when you do a curb stomp, you are inflicting significant head trauma um, in today's day and age, uh a lot of consciousness in the in the direction of concussions. Um, is it more a, a cosmetic move uh, banning this this uh, finisher, or is it legit that people have gotten hurt? Uh, that makes me curious. On the other hand, for me, I've never been a big fan of the curb stomp. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those moves where your opponent has to somehow wind up on all fours. Uh, to, to, it's, it's just contrived to me, and I feel like Seth Rollins is talented enough to have a, a different finisher. So I, being honest, big fan of Seth Rollins, wrestler of the year last year on this show. Um, I was just never a big fan of, of the curb stomp as a finisher. Uh, so you wonder what reasons have gone behind um, banning this move. What I find very intriguing is to, to ban it now, uh, as he is the WWE champion. Um, it, it seems like odd timing, uh, unless it was something very sudden that happened to uh, an opponent of Seth Rollins, They're, that they just thought, all right, that's it, uh, we're banning it. I think Rollins is talented enough to come back from this. I don't think this cripples his, his growth, his career, his ascension, uh, but it is odd timing less than a month after him winning the strap that is his finishing moves his finishing move gets banned your thoughts Dave I think what if this is true um, because you know you got to take everything with a grain of salt when you're reading you know the dirt sheets just like I do with my news report um, if it is true I think it's WWE's 
um, conscious effort to be more aware of head injuries, considering that um, the National Football League has been plagued with lawsuits in the past several years from over hundreds of players suing the league um, over uh, reported head trauma and injuries that they've suffered while playing in the league, which has affected them later in life and in, in their post-career um, you know, outside of football. I think WWE is trying to prevent a situation like that from happening. I mean, there's there was three individuals, former WWE uh, wrestlers, uh, who have... Um, who have taken a lawsuit against WWE regarding some issues with head injury. Um, former wrestler by the name of Luther Reigns, uh, who was, I think, he was like the bodyguard for Kurt Angle at one time. Uh, this other wrestler named Sakota, he was like one of Tajiri's little henchmen in that like little like Asian mafia group they had. And then there was like another like developmental wrestler, I think. Um, all of them in their in their in their portions of the lawsuit had claimed, uh, uh, you know, suffering. Um, head trauma and post-concussion uh, symptoms after their wrestling career had ended, and they had attributed WWE to uh, to those symptoms. So I think this is WWE's effort on their part for a move that, quite honestly, it could be, I mean, just about any move is potentially dangerous, of course, and could cause any kind of injury. But this move in particular, the curb stomp, is definitely potentially dangerous in causing head injury. Um, you know, when you have someone's, you know, foot on the back of your head, driving it into the mat. No matter how well you can protect it on the, the person giving it as well as receiving it, there is potential for, for, for injury and for a freak accident to occur, especially at the rate of speed that you go at in the ring. So, like I said, I think this is just an effort on WWE's part to prevent um, any more head injuries to their talent and the, the, the life expectancy of that person and not that talent's career in WWE moving forward. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, I mean, I just, it's odd timing, and that's why I wonder if there's a there was a sudden injury uh, that we don't know about as uh, as of yet. Again, I don't think it's really going to cripple Seth Rollins. And in fact, again, I wasn't a big fan of the move, so I'm kind of excited to see uh, what Rollins comes up with as his finisher now. Um, Remains to be seen. And, again, you take it with a grain of salt. This could all be a load of BS. And uh, it's just a, a, a lot of smoke with no fire. But we'll see what happens uh, going forward as far as uh, what Seth Rollins' finisher happens to be. As you stated, Dave, you know, and, and the WWE has become very uh, concussion conscious as, as well as, uh, you know, looking at, at injuries and keeping their wrestlers safe and uh, a lot of controversy, a lot of lawsuits, uh floating around and uh you know definitely gotta gotta watch what they're doing uh as far as injuries and, and maintaining um the wrestler's safety and you know again getting back and i had spoken on this a, a, a few weeks ago uh in, in today's day and age in pro wrestling and, and jr on his podcast i cannot take credit but i think it's an excellent point that jr had said that in in the world of pro wrestling that uh a little bit of blood goes a long way to tell a story as they've eliminated the blood from pro wrestling uh the spots have to get more and more involved uh to create that that drama um now the athleticism in a lot of these performers it's incredible what 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 some of them at least can do in the ring um but the 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 spots are get increasingly more dangerous and you know and the styles of wrestlers to uh maintain a certain level of drama 
uh, has to be this this kinetic, uh, aggressive, high energy style. And and no wrestler is better at that style, perhaps, than than a Daniel Bryan. And the unfortunate news, as as we keep hearing more and more reports coming out, and this is big news, that Daniel Bryan again is is fighting that injury bug. And you know, he, here's a guy that you know, incredibly athletic, uh, you know, great worker um, that that wrestles at such a high rate of speed. And, and a highly athletic style that has made a name for himself based on that style. I mean, you can say what you want about his character and everything else. But everything else with Daniel Bryan is secondary. He has made his name, his character is tied to his style and, and what he is in the ring. And, and now, if the reports are true that he is, you know, again, fighting that injury bug, you really, at this point, you start to question the longevity of his career. Um, and I don't think that's, that's hyperbole. I think it's really looking at, you know, how much longer can Daniel Bryan wrestle, period. Uh, because he can't, to me, Daniel Bryan at this point, uh, it's going to be very difficult for him uh, to wrestle any other style. And, and if he continues to go down with significant injuries, you really wonder how much longer he can go. And there's so many things surrounding Daniel Bryan. And, Dave, you've been following this story closely. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Uh, give our listeners uh, what you've heard as far as all the stuff surrounding Daniel Bryan's injuries. Well, starting off, um, you know, before I give our listeners the information, yeah, I, I have a tendency to feel a lot of times, especially in wrestling, the timing is everything. Um, timing when it comes to uh, execution of moves, timing of storylines, and the the um, timing of just overall just moments that happen in and out of the ring that that could make or break you know certain aspects of professional wrestling. And isn't it ironic that last year you and I were on this show and we were discussing the the rise of Daniel Bryan and how he had that huge WrestleMania moment and he left New Orleans and the Superdome with the, the, the World Championship and he had his WrestleMania moment and we all wondered if it was going to get any higher than that following WrestleMania and his I wouldn't say his popularity but he just kind of peaked at that point and then afterwards he had that storyline with Kane and he just kind of petered out and next thing you know he was hurt and we were talking about what the future holds for him. And we didn't know what that future was. So we'd heard neck injury. We'd heard nerve damage. But he went in for neck surgery. It was a small procedure. It was done through the front of his neck, something similar that Kurt Angle had gotten done. It's basically a short-term fix. Um, but the procedure was, was such a small procedure that he was out of the hospital in a day. And... At the time, doctors did not know what kind of rehab he was going to be enduring and how long that was going to take place. So, over the course of several months, reports, speculation, whatever the case may be, about Brian and his condition left a lot to be said. There was not too many answers we could get regarding a timetable on his return, what his status was um, with his rehab, so it began to become alarming with Daniel Bryan and, and his situation. And then you fast forward to 
towards the end of 2014, when all of a sudden he announces his big return. He's returning at the Royal Rumble and did it in 2015. And it just kind of threw everybody for surprise. And then he revealed in an interview that he, through all the rehab, the acupuncture, and everything else he had been going through, and he hadn't been progressing as, as, as well as he would have liked, it was due to nerve damage and strength in his right arm, or lack of strength, I should say. So he went to see a specialist in Denver, Colorado, same specialist that Arizona Cardinals quarterback Carson Palmer went through. Palmer had some shoulder uh, injuries. He had a surgery. After the, after the surgery, the rehab didn't go as well as he thought. He had trouble throwing a football, even holding a football. Hardly had any strength. He went to go see the specialist, excuse me, and the technique was called muscle activation technique, MAT. It's a revolutionary approach to the assessment and correction of muscular imbalances, joint stability, and limitations in range of motion within the human body. It's a non-invasive technique designed to balance the muscular system of people of all ages, a unique systematic format used to jumpstart the muscles in order, them, in order for them to function with maximum efficiency. So Daniel Bryan revealed that he went to go see the specialist in Denver, and after one, maybe two sessions with the guy, Brian re regained strength in his arm. Full strength, I might add. So now we fast forward to here and now. The rumors about his injury. WWE seems to think that Brian's injuries are attributed to him not toning down his style, and it could mean more issues with his neck. But they're not 100% sure. Some officials in WWE feel he's just banged up. So they kind of have been protecting Brian on this European tour. For the first leg of the tour, Brian worked a lot of tag matches. He didn't even wrestle on Raw for two weeks in a row. He been, maybe had, a on -camera, had an on-camera role last week, but he wasn't involved in a match. And then he wrestled on SmackDown in a tag match, and it was very limited work. And then after that, it was revealed that WWE had pulled Daniel Bryan off the tour, the, the rest of the leg of the European tour, for precautionary measures. Well, it was rumored that they pulled him off the tour because he had been diagnosed with a concussion, a concussion that he had received a week prior in a singles match with Sheamus on SmackDown, a match which caused him to bleed on television. WWE has since denied that report, stating that they didn't pull him due to a concussion. They pulled him for strict precautionary measures, whatever that may be. But from what I'm hearing is that they're looking further into what the situation is with Brian, whether he's banged up or whether it's a more serious injury, if it's got to involve his neck or his arm again. But they should be running some tests or have already run tests today. Raw's in Albany, New York. Daniel Bryan's expected to be there. He's still expected to defend the Intercontinental title against Wade Barrett. But the question on my mind is, should Brian have gone through and done the, the, the other neck surgery that guys like Steve Austin and Edge and Rhino went through where you're out for a longer period of time but you have more strength in your neck when you return? Or was this short-term fix really worth it? Because let's, let, let's think about it here for a minute. Last year, WrestleMania, big moment. Following WrestleMania, he's out. Unknown you know, reasons why other than the neck. This year, comes back has that great WrestleMania moment. Maybe they shouldn't have put him in a ladder match with seven other guys, but be that as it may, he was in the match, he survived, he won, had the big WrestleMania moment, 
And now look what we're, do- we're, we're doing. We're back to square one, having the same conversation all over again. And before I end, it should be noted that, you know, throughout the, the course of 2015 here on this show, we talked a lot about Daniel Bryan. We talked about his positioning on the card, having it to do with injury, having it to do with booking, having it to do with fan backlash and the stuff with Roman Reigns and that post-Royal Rumble crap that we talked about. Well, I read a report a few weeks ago that WWE did have plans in mind to have Daniel Bryan atop the main event and be a part of a huge storyline at WrestleMania. However, due to his injuries, they didn't want to run that risk. Well, it's a good thing that they went the route that they did because if Daniel Bryan were involved in the main event of WrestleMania again this year and somehow he got the title, you would have been reliving deja vu the year prior all over again. So like I said, question on my mind, was it worth it for the short-term fix or should he have gone for a more in-depth surgery and, and, and rehab longer to come back stronger than ever? It's, it's an excellent question. I mean, you know, one of the things that we got to look at with, with the whole Daniel Bryan thing, and, and we criticize, rightfully so, and we see uh, things that the WWE does that, um, you know, maybe we just don't agree with. Uh, I, I think, you know, we had talked a lot about this show, and we had talked uh, storyline-wise and, and Daniel Bryan rising to the top again and, uh, you know, how that would work storyline-wise. I, I think we got it. The WWE was correct, at least right now it looks like they were correct, in, in being cautious and and not putting Daniel Bryan in, in the main event, not giving him the strap. Uh, and, and I think that you, you, as much as, you, you know, you might be a fan of his, you might be your favorite wrestler, whatever you think storyline-wise, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar entertainment company. And if he is banged up, and whatever it is going on with him, um, the WWE has every right, has what, is, and not to, not to coin, but not to coin the authorities' phrase, but what's best for business in real life, off camera, is, is for the WWE to be very cautious with what they're doing with Daniel Bryan and not put him in, in a position where he's the top guy in the company at this point in time. It's it's just it's. The risk, it's like buying a stock that, you know, that it has like a 70% chance of tanking. I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense. Right now, the WWE has to be very cautious. As it is, they want to elevate the IC championship, and this could hurt their plans to, to, to elevate that championship. Um, it remains to be seen. It's a tough call, Dave, when you talk about you know, the world of pro wrestling. And, you know, you, you look at guys and, you know, the old saying in football is like, you know, you don't lose your spot due to injury. Well, it, it's kind of BS in football, and it's really BS in, in wrestling. Uh, wrestling, uh, it, it's a cutthroat business, especially, you know, when you're at the level of the WWE. And when you lose your spot, someone's going to be there to take that spot. And, you know, a year and a half, two year layoff, uh, having a more intense surgery and, and coming back. I get it where a Daniel Bryan uh, may be really concerned that he gets back and someone else has filled that niche. Um, but if he is in fact injured at this point in time, um, that may have been the better move, uh, you know, to just come back a hundred percent. I mean, it, it's tough to gauge. Like when Daniel Bryan came back, was he, you know, top to bottom, was he was? Is he been wrestling at eighty percent? Is he at ninety percent? Uh, 
you, you start to think he really didn't, you know, he really wasn't at 100%. Um, you know, but you look at guys like a, like a, a Ziggler that wound up uh, winning the world championship, getting a concussion, and, and really has not gotten the career back on track yet. I mean, has not reached that level again yet. And, uh, you know, big fans of Ziggler here. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in. And I understand that, um, you know, Dave, like if, if I'm Daniel Bryan and I'm sitting in that exam room and the doctor's saying to me, all right, you can take option A, which will sideline you for a year and a half, two years, but you're good. Your you're, you're rehab, you're good, you're 100%. Or we can take a chance with something else. Uh, it'll get you back sooner. And, uh, you know, hopefully the healing process, you, you'll be good to go. And uh, I get it. As a Daniel Bryan, as an athlete, he, he picked the short-term fix. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what this is going to mean long-term for him. Well, like I said, it's it's all speculation. It depends on the severity of the injury. And, I mean, WWE officials don't even know for sure as far as reports I've read as to what's wrong with Brian. Some some think it's, it, it, it could be, you know, his neck injury rearing its ugly head, and some have felt that maybe he's just a little banged up. But we don't know that for sure. Nobody knows that for sure. So, if, if, you know, he's in that examining room, yeah, it, the, the, the better option would be um, to go with the more involved neck injury or neck, neck surgery, excuse me, so he's out longer, rehab stronger, but comes back better than ever. So um, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see and find out as more developments come through. And the other thing, too, is you also got to look at, you know, depending on how bad his injury is, what does that affect? How does that affect his match with Barrett on Sunday at the pay-per-view? I mean, they, Daniel, Daniel Bryan was supposed to be one of the cornerstones, not only of the mid-card, but just of the company itself. They wanted to build you know, the, the, the Intercontinental Championship around him. Um, that's why they put the title on him at WrestleMania. So um, does that mean that if Bryan's out, they're not going to put as much focus on that title? Who's next to step up? But we won't even we won't even speculate that at, you know at this point in time because like I said it's all speculation as as far as the severity of his injuries and if it's as serious as some people are saying so we'll have to wait and see and and see what happens tonight on Raw if he's not on TV at all tonight in terms of like physicality or or just even on camera at all then you gotta think that it's it's pretty serious and they're trying to figure out a way to get the title off him on Sunday. And we'll see what happens. Hopefully over the course of the week we'll get some new information. As always, uh, this Sunday before the pay-per-view, tune in here. We'll give you a full two hours, 6 to 8 o'clock on Sunday evening, uh, get you all set for the pay-per-view. And hopefully by that time uh, we'll get a little bit more information as far as Daniel Bryan's condition, if he will in fact be on the pay-per-view, and, uh, you know, what's going to happen going forward. 347-838. 9815 is the number to call. On the other side of the hour, on the other side of the news, on the other side of the hour, uh, we'll, get, uh, we'll get to your calls. We also have Steve Off that's going to be joining us a little bit later on. But now it happens each and every week at this time. It is time now for the Day 5 50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 50 News Update presented to you by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network, the new home for pro wrestling podcasts. 
head on over to iTunes and subscribe for free to 1640 PWPR. Tonight's Day 5, it's a special Day 5. It's a theme Day 5. Themed version, I should say. It's called the Pro Wrestling Sampler Platter. Our top story this week comes from TMA Wrestling and the abrupt departure of color commentator Taz from the organization. It was reported by PWInsider.com that Taz became another unfortunate victim of TNA staff who had not been paid in a timely manner. This had prompted Taz to refuse to board his flight to Nashville from New York to record voiceovers for episodes of Impact Wrestling. As seen this past Friday evening, Josh Matthews covered play-by-play of the show all on his own. After this news broke, TNA formally announced on Twitter that they have mutually parted ways with Taz. Taz then later in the week explained his departure on his human podcast machine show, citing that his departure was not based on money, as he was getting paid a nice living to work for TNA. He also said it was not due to rumored tension with Josh Matthews, although he did say him and Matthews had a falling out, but that's not what led to his release. But his release was due to him not being paid in a timely manner. His checks were almost a month late, and that's not how he does business. He ended by saying there is no heat between him and TNA. They were extremely professional and understanding of his feelings on the matter, and he wished them well in the future. The sampler platter continues with our second story. Global Force Wrestling announced today the first string of live events for the promotion. They've dubbed it the Grand Slam Tour, where they will perform in minor league baseball stadiums in various states, such as Tennessee, Virginia, Kentucky, Iowa, Florida, California, and everywhere in between. The first official date is Friday, June the 12th, from Jackson, Tennessee. This is the beginning of a grassroots approach, building towards Global Force Wrestling's first broadcast event on Friday, July 24th, from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more details on the Grand Slam Tour, as well as their very first television broadcast tapings, head on over to GlobalForceWrestling.com. I love this story because I am a fantasy booker at heart. I don't care what anybody says. I think about this stuff all the time. It consumes most of my life. So have at it with this one. Put your fantasy booker caps on. You're going to go for a ride. Despite the rumored issues between the WWE and Steve Austin, Chairman Vince McMahon is hopeful in having Steve Austin perform at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas next year. It's been speculated that if WWE and Austin can patch up their differences and lock themselves into a deal that Vince McMahon is interested in doing Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar as a featured bout. This would leave Triple H and The Rock on that same card. Another reason why WWE and Triple H go over Sting at WrestleMania 31 is because it would push the Triple H-Rock singles match as the bigger match over the rumored Sting-Undertaker match if both matches were to take place on the card next year. Here's another variable. If Ronda Rousey is unable to perform in a singles match with Stephanie McMahon at the, at the grand event, it will be due to UFC and Dana White not allowing her to wrestle and risk injury, which is a predicament WWE is pre- prepared for. 
but in the event that that doesn't work out, WWE hopes Ronda Rousey will corner The Rock while Stephanie McMahon backs up her husband Triple H in that singles match. Another idea tossed around is if WWE decides to go with The Rock versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, then they would want Rousey to be involved with that match, backing up The Rock to counter Paul Heyman in Brock Lesnar's corner. Variables can change as the year goes on, but WWE and Vince McMahon are planning and are confident in filling AT&T Stadium next year. Our fourth story from Ring of Honor. As Ring of Honor's Briscoe brothers have re-signed a new two-year deal with the promotion. It had been speculated for months that the popular duo would sign with WWE and begin at NXT sometime this summer, but that is not the case. Details on this matter state that allegedly the Briscoes were offered a deal with WWE and informed Ring of Honor of the offer that was made. Ring of Honor then allegedly threw a counteroffer at the team, prompting them to go back to WWE asking for more money. In return, WWE's deal stood as it was before, and they would not offer more money to the duo, which then resulted in Mark and Jay Briscoe staying with Ring of Honor. Our fifth story. Good news for the wrestling business in general, as ECW alumni Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore has signed a TV deal with the Fight Network out of Canada. The network will televise eight one-hour shows featuring highlights from all the House of Hardcore events to date, beginning Tuesday, May the 12th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This will continue leading up to the debut of House of Hardcore from Toronto, Canada on July 18th. You can find House of Hardcore on the Fight Network through Cablevision's Optimum TV, Grand Communications, Chantel Cable, and Armstrong Cable in the United States. You can also find them nationwide in Canada, Roku devices across North America, and globally in over 30 countries across Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. Now to throw you guys a curveball, for the first time ever in the history of the Day 550-50 News Report, I'm going to debut what I would like to call the Honorable Mention Story. Now as you all know, the title of my news report is The Day 5, highlighting five stories, in my personal opinion, that you, the listeners, would be intrigued to hear. Pretty self-explanatory, right? Well, every so often, not on a regular basis, but every once in a while, when it calls for it, when it's appropriate, I'm going to surprise you with a sixth story that I feel can't be left out. It has to be reported on. Otherwise, I would be doing a service to you as well as the story itself. And because I just made this monumental announcement, I'm sure Mr. Trivia over at the Top Rope Report, which can be heard every Sunday, 2 p.m. on TalkShoe.com, will put over the Day 5 News Report at nauseum like he always does, but not as much as Sonny put over the entire ECW locker room in the late 90s. Hashtag Bazinga. Now on to the sixth story. Lucha Underground is set to take their two-hour season finale this week, airing on August the 5th. The show will wrap up all major storylines for the promotion, which is also leading to a short summer break. As of now, there are no concrete plans in place for a second season, but there are talks ongoing regarding the matter. The series was supposed to be a long-term investment for the El Rey Network, who wanted to build the channel around it. But the primary reason why there is lack of progress moving forward is due to money. There's been talks of running an off-season string of house shows, but that seems unlikely unless they can sign Rey Mysterio to help boost ticket sales in the United States market. But the likelihood of him working house shows is slim to none. 
And folks, if you're a true pro wrestling fan, then you will have to check this out. Our friends over at Pro Wrestling Magic present Super Show, May 16th, Cliffside Park School Number 6, Cliffside, New Jersey, to benefit the Donald Casamento Memorial Scholarship Fund. You will see the finals of the Don Casamento Memorial Cup. You'll also see the ECWA Heavyweight Championship be put on the line as champion Matt Saigon defends the gold against Ricky, Mar- Ricky Martinez. Juan Francisco de Coronado will be putting up $10,000 to anyone that can defeat him in singles action and so much more. Tickets are just $10 for a great cause. Young, exciting, up-and-coming stars of professional wrestling providing you with the best independent pro wrestling action in the South Jersey area, and it's all for charity. You can't beat that. For tickets, as well as more information on this event, head on over to WrestlingIsMagic.com. Excuse me. Like them on Facebook, Pro Wrestling Magic. Their Twitter handle is at Wrestling Magic. And finally, you can find them on Instagram, at Pro Wrestling Magic. And there you have it, folks. That was a groundbreaking edition of the Dave 55050 News Report. Only heard right here on the Ken Reedy Show. The best in pro wrestling talk. Presented to you by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio, Radio Network. Subscribe to us for free on iTunes, 1640 PWPR where you can go back and listen to this very show right here, the Ken Reedy Show, along with the King Firehawk Show, Top Rope Report, Mike Ferrara Speaks, and so much more programming to come in the near future on the revolutionary one-stop shop for pro wrestling podcast. This is 1640 PWPR. Ken, back to you. Good stuff, and I love I love the bonus news. It's awesome. But, you know, I was struck by, you know, we were, we were talking before, and, you, and, you know, you put together the news report, and, uh, it's interesting because it was, you know, definitely a a, a potpourri of, of different stories, um, you know, all around uh, the, the wrestling world. And I do, you know, as, as the wrestling industry evolves, and you look at, you know, what Global Force Wrestling is, is going to be doing, and uh, now HOH has got a TV deal, and, and look at this world of pro wrestling as, as it continues to expand. And it's it's interesting that it, it's almost that really, and we've talked about this before, but really and truly, we're starting to see uh, the dawning of, of, of a real uh, new territory system uh, in, in in this world. And I, I find it very intriguing to see you know how this world of pro wrestling uh, evolves moving forward because. You know, we we got people that call in and like to to, to frequent independent shows. And look, let's face it. I mean, the independent scene—it's a mixed bag. I mean, you can go to an independent show, and and you could see honestly, you could see crap. Um, at the same time, you can go to an independent show and and see some great great stuff. And and for certain independent promotions, it, it can be a crapshoot. For certain independent promotions, uh, they more consistently put out good shows. Um, then you got bigger uh, indie sh- indie promotions like HOH that are getting TV deals, and and you start to look at how this whole scene is evolving, and it really is becoming this new territory system. And and I find it interesting because I do think you know in living through it and and knowing again WWE multi billion dollar entertainment company, and I don't think you know people love to to speculate oh. Can TNA, TNA has to do A, B, and C, and they can really, really make a move on the WWE. But no, 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 it's not TNA. It's ROH. ROH, if they get a better TV deal, then they're, they're really going to make noise. And they're going to, no, 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 no,
stop, stop, stop. Unless something happens down the road a piece where you get a guy like Ted Turner who's uh, got uh, the only thing exceeding his checkbook is his ego, then maybe we'll get someone to contend with the WWE. But realistically, it's not going to happen. However, I, I speculate and I wonder, are, are we reaching that, that period of time in, in this business of wrestling that it's not going to be one company that's going to affect the WWE and perhaps affect how they do things? And I think we're seeing that. I think we're seeing WWE programming, especially with what they're putting out there with NXT, is, is this, this independent scene, uh, this new territory scene, is, is affecting how WWE perhaps is going to do programming. And, and, I'm, and I am curious if this evolves, what sort of competition this could provide uh, to the WWE. And I, again, I don't think we're ever going to get to that point where we have one company that's battling the WWE and, and taking from them and, and causing concern. But I do wonder, you know, you know, putting it in perspective, if let's just say for argument's sake, there's, there's 50 million viewers watching the WWE. And we're never going to get that company like WCW that all of a sudden is going to come in and steal 30 million of those viewers, leaving the WWE with 20. But as, as more and more promotions get TV deals, as technology evolves, um, and, and people, look, people don't have enough free time. So a lot of people, you know, some people or wrestling fans watch a slew of different promotions. Some people just follow one. They find their wrestling outlet, and, and, and they stick with their, their, their favorite. Um, you know, is it possible, like I said, using the analogy of $50 million, that we don't have one company like WCW that steals 30 million viewers, but do we wind up having, you know, you know, 5 million that kind of, gravitate over to HOH, and uh, another 5 million are, are over at, at, at Lucha Underground, and, uh, you know, another, you know, maybe 6 million are going over there at ROH, and so you add it all up, and it's, and it's affecting the WWE, and it perhaps could really change the landscape of pro wrestling. With, with technology, with things like Hulu, and everything that's coming out, and as cable television is changing, um, it, it's it's a new world for the independent wrestling scene, and, and it's exciting. And I'm really curious, Dave. You know, especially coming out of the news and, and the different stories you're about different promotions that you're putting out there, what this could mean for for the independent promotions in in uh, this world. Well, I think you make a great point in that it's um, it's not going to be one particular promotion that's going to you know, adversely affect what WWE does as far as them putting out products. It's going to be multiple promotions, but I, I think at the same time, they're not necessarily going to affect what WWE does, too, at the same time. What, what's key for all these other promotions to do is, first off, I, I think, with the exception of WWE and even TNA to a certain extent, I think a lot of these promotions, they can't worry about keeping, you know, majority of their talent exclusive to their promotion. I think what makes the independent scene very popular and what what helps make the independent scene thrive is that promotions, you know, guys they travel all over and apply their craft in different promotions. Um, whether it be guys who have never made it to TV or guys who have been on TV and are working the independent promotion to get back on the TV. Um, that's what helps the indie thrive is that 
see, you know, uh, wrestler X, Y, and Z uh, wrestle in Allentown, Pennsylvania for Joe Blow promotion, but you could also see them go wrestle down in Pensacola, Florida for Tom, Dick, and Harry's promotion, uh, you know, two weeks later. Um, I think that they kind of need to apply some of those values and beliefs that the territory system had in the 70s and 80s um, and, you know, 70s and early 80s into today's wrestling product. Um, and especially with a lot of talents who have worked TV and who have worked full-time on the road and worked that grueling WWE schedule that everybody loves to bash, but let's face it, the more you work, the more money you make. But these guys now, they have that ability where they've made a name for themselves on TV, they can carve out a niche, and they can pick and choose their schedule and pick and choose their prices for what they want. And I think that that could apply for the promotions like Ring of Honor, like Hard- House of Hardcore, like Global Force Wrestling, even like TNA. I mean, we talked about it, Matt Hardy and uh, you know uh, Al- Alberto El Patron. They're kind of going along that route, too, where you know they're not exclusive to one promotion. And I think that, that that is definitely going to help make all these other promotions thrive as they're trying to basically compete within themselves to be the alternative to WWE. Not compete and be like WWE, but be the alternative. Because Ring of Honor's got a distinct, different style of, 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 of wrestling. Same thing with um, Lucha Underground. Uh, you know, TNA, to a certain extent, had that, but they've kind of gone more traditional but I mean the point I'm trying to make is is that all these promotions they can't worry about what WWE does and I think what they need to do is they need to worry about being the true alternative to WWE so I think a lot of them are going to be competing with each other but at the same time only compete to a point where you're not going to hurt your own product and what I, what I mean by that is there's so much talent out there in the business from guys who used to be on TV to guys who are out there trying to make it on TV and, and people who are just, you know, haven't been seen before but need to be seen because they are that talented. Let these guys work wherever. You know, Jarrett and Global Force Wrestling seem to be starting a philosophy of they want to bring in talent from all different kinds of promotions. They want to bring in talent from New Japan. They want to bring in talent from AAA in Mexico. They want to bring in talent from overseas in Europe and the United Kingdom. But they kind of want to not necessarily keep them all exclusive but have them Know, do a talent exchange of sorts. I think that's what some of these other promotions should do. It would, I think it would be cool if House of Hardcore did a, a, a crossover promotion with Ring of Honor or with you know Global Force or hell, even with TNA. I mean, TNA desperately needs it right now. Um, and with these guys and the schedules that they used to work, it, it, it makes for healthier wrestlers too, you know. These guys work in different promotions, but kind of pick and choosing where they where where they need to go. Um, overall, will just help the, the the overall landscape of of wrestling and of the independent new territory scene and help it thrive so that we could find just more than one alternative to WWE because I think that's what people have been craving for a long time. Even before you know, even when TNA was starting to become somewhat of an alternative to WWE in their early stages, people were looking for more of an alternative. And I think you have a lot of that with um, with some of these promotions. But at the same time, I think you also have some of these promotions that they'll, they'll produce great talent, but at the end of the day, they'll be somewhat of a breeding ground for WWE because WWE, you're seen in the most homes, you know, and a lot of these, a lot of these organizations aren't seen 
in, 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 in as many homes as WWE, and that's going to be another key to them succeeding as well, is getting their product out there. I know things cost money, but you want, you want people to see the true alternative to WWE, you might have to spend a few dollars in order to get your, your name across and out there. And it, it will take time, but I, I, I see a, a, a positive upswing um, with these smaller promotions uh, in the near future. And as, as we see this independent scene continue to evolve, and uh, it's pretty rich up here in, in uh, the northern New Jersey area. It's got a, a pretty rich independent scene. And who better to talk about the independent scene? And we have our buddy Steve Off, who is on the line. Let's bring him up. Steve, how you doing this evening? Ken and Dave, what's up, guys? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, thanks for, for giving us a few minutes tonight. And we're talking a little bit about, you know, the independent scene and how it, it's really, um, you know, kind of evolving almost into a, a new territory system. And, you know, Dave was bringing up how, you know, these these promotions, it, it would it would be benefit everybody for uh, people to share talent, work together, uh, have uh, promotions, uh, you know, Different guys, and and I noticed with you in, in Magic, you definitely have uh, some guys from different promotions represented under the umbrella of Magic. Yeah, I don't get why everybody on the Indies decides they want to play Vince McMahon and just you know do their own thing. Like, why can't we all work together? Jared's definitely got the right idea with Global Force, like you guys were saying. You know, New Japan and everybody else, you know, kind of working with them, and I think that's a great idea. Um, you know, our first show. Went really well. We saw a couple of D2W guys, OTW from down South Jersey. We had, you know, a few ROH, ECWA guys on the show, Chikara. I mean, a lot of different companies were represented under one banner. And, um, yeah, I hope to do more of that in the future. I definitely think a lot of us on the Indies feel this way, that are guys I've talked to. You know, we all need to come together, work together. Like you were saying, form sort of like... Not a uh, real territory like under one banner, but kind of just all work together as sort of a makeshift territory. What do you, what do you think it is? I mean, does it boil down? Is is it economics? Promoters just wanting to, uh, you know, make all the money? Is is it uh, is it an ego thing? Uh, you know, what are, like for for those promoters who who want to just like you you put it, uh, be their own Vince McMahon and kind of uh, just be <laughs> exclusive. Um, what do, you, what do you think is preventing? Because I agree with you. I think if, if everyone was kind of sharing and you, and you, you uh, I think ultimately long run, I would think everyone's promotion would benefit. Everybody's show would be better. People would be more apt to spend money, but it would be a, a long-term effect. What do you think is stopping certain promoters from uh, sharing talent? I think it's mostly ego and greed. I mean, let's face it, it, it is a business. Uh, not a lot of us make a lot of money except the guys on, you know, the top couple companies in the world, like, and, and those, there's not too many of them, you know, even with the Jarrett popping up and, you know, TNA getting a new TV deal and all that, there's still not a lot of places to work where you can make real money. So I think a lot of it is greed and ego, but at the same time, you look at the flip side of that, the ego part, I, I mean, I don't really get because I'm not like that, but I can kind of see it, but the, uh, the, the financial aspect, it's like, look, we're competing for the same, let's say 400 fans, just to throw a number out there. If we're both running on the same night and, you know, we're trying to steal fans from each other, you know, the, the best we're both going to do is maybe, what, 200 If we're, you know, splitting everything down the middle, that's half the money. It's not fair to the boys. It's not fair to the fans. So I don't understand why some promoters will do that, but, I mean, uh, I'm noticing a lot more now are more willing to work with each other from, you know, doing the whole Pro Wrestling Magic thing. DGW has been great. OTW has retweeted quite a few of our tweets 
So, you know, it seems like in general there's a lot more of a, uh, a camaraderie, but there's still some jerks out there who are just going to rip down posters and write, this event is canceled and marker and, and try to hurt basically the business in general. That's really what you're doing and the fans. Yeah, it's a real shame, you know, and, and you hear, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because being involved, you hear more positive than negative, but it does it does suck when you hear that, that negative stuff. And, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, putting putting that aside, I mean, you know, in all honesty, uh, coming out of Magic's first show, uh, heard a lot of positive, which is great. I mean, you guys are uh, the new guys on the block, but heard a lot of positive uh, from the first show. Um uh, now you got your next show coming up on May 16th uh, for the Donald uh, Casamento Memorial Scholarship Fund. Uh, tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. the check you're going to be raising money for. Well, Don Casamento just recently passed away maybe a year ago, and he was a friend and a mentor to me. He used to work at Cliffside Park High School, and when I was a student there, he was my guidance counselor, and he'd see me with my you know WWF and NWO and WCW t-shirts on, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, I love it last night on Raw, it was crazy, or, you know, you see what they did on Nitro, and, and all that, and, you know, he would sometimes pull me out of class to be like, hey, man, what do you think about that match that happened on Raw? It was just so cool, like, to have that camaraderie with somebody who was on the teaching staff, and, you know, he gave a lot of guidance with saying, you know, oh, chase your dreams, never give up, but always have a backup plan, make sure you have an education, and then let nothing stop you, and, you know, that those words, you know, I don't, it wasn't those exact words, but that was his message, and it always stuck with me, and, you know, over the years we kept in contact. He gave me the 2011 Friend of Guidance Award from the uh, Guidance Counselor Association. I forget their name, but uh, it's somewhere on my desk. I should look for it and, and find the name, but we're on the air here, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, he gave me that award, and we were trying to get, while he was still with us, we were trying to get a show in Cliffside Park, and we just couldn't make it happen because I didn't have my own company and, you know, details with other people were just kind of not lining up with what they wanted so we just kind of agreed to disagree and said we'll revisit it later and now unfortunately he's not with us anymore while we're doing the show but we are finally getting the show that me and him were trying so hard to make happen and now the proceeds will go towards the Don Casamento Memorial Scholarship which will be awarded I believe this year at the end of the year if not next year and all the proceeds are going to that uh, hopefully we'll make enough money back to pay the bills. If not, then you know what? It was well worth it. And Steve, I got we're going to see. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Continue. I, I, I thought you were finished. No, no, go ahead. Oh, all right. Well, um, you know, with the excessive to you, you, your first show and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got another show coming up with, with the, the Memorial Cup for Don Casamento. Um, as far as the future of Pro Wrestling Magic is, is concerned, it seems to be pretty bright. Um, any mm-hmm. talk of any uh, PWO talent being involved in future uh, Pro Wrestling with Magic shows? I read, I saw on the Facebook, Magic mm-hmm. is set to return for the May 16th show, but we got any more other PWO uh, talent you may have been talking to that could be involved in the future? Um, I'm thinking uh, Preacher and Arlene, when Preacher's medically cleared, will probably be a part of the show. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't be. Uh, I'm trying to think who else besides that. I mean, you know, most of the guys that I came up with in BWO have, you know, walked away or taken time off. Or, you know, I'm sure we'll see Nunzio and Danny Doring back. They both appeared in BWO at one time or another. Uh, past that, I'm not really too sure. I'd love to see um, Eric Corvus, the current BWO champion, show up in Pro Wrestling Magic. 
He's currently in a, uh, a tag team, the Garden State Guys, with Mike Quest, and they're really, really good. And we'd love to have them on one of our shows. Like, scheduling hasn't worked out yet, but, you know, I definitely think we could see those guys pop up at some point, both former BWO. Well, uh, Corvus is still there, but Mike is a former BWO guy as well. So I think, uh, you know, we could definitely grab a few guys from there, definitely. I have another question. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you talked about the, the rich history of, uh, you know, independent wrestling in the, you know, Jersey area, in, in your area, New Jersey. Are you looking to branch out, maybe, as far as looking for other talent to work for your promotion in the New York area, even in Connecticut? Yeah. Always looking to branch out, grab talent from everywhere, run shows everywhere. If anybody, you know, wants to run a show under the Pro Wrestling Magic banner in their area, we can definitely talk. I mean, I know the BWO was looking at doing that for a while and it never came to fruition, so, you know, I'd love to run in Florida one day. I mean, uh, one of our investors lives down there, so hopefully we can get that to happen. You know, even if it's just a one-off kind of deal. Oh. So I'm, I'm you know, curious. May 16th, we got a couple Go guys coming in from uh, CCW and Chikara, so you know we got definitely taking a little bit from everywhere. See, now it's interesting because, like, you know, as you have like these these you know more and more promotions popping up, and you do have. Uh, you know, and and again, you know, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I guess with uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot, with, with any shows. I mean, some are great, some you know, not so much. And and um, there, there's a lot of opportunities now uh, for for people to train, for people to just jump, you know, jump in the business. Um, and I think some of the schools are great, some of the schools maybe not so much. Uh, you have trained, you've trained uh, newer. Uh, wrestlers uh, to get in the game um, as as mm-hmm. you put together your promotion. I'm curious, like first, I guess the two part question: the, the type of talent that you want booked on your shows, and mm-hmm. to that end, uh, what are some of the priorities uh, you would say as far as someone who's who's trying to learn the business and and uh, learn how to wrestle? I mean, as far as talent that we're looking for, we're looking for a little bit of everything, so it's tough to say, like, one particular thing, but the one thing that I can really pick out is passion. Passion for the business, passion to entertain. Whether you're looking to main event the VFW for the rest of your career or make it to the WWE or New Japan or somewhere in between, you know, regardless of what your goals are, if you have the passion to entertain, that's what we're looking for. And the passion to be an athlete, you know, that's what we're looking for. Obviously, athleticism, charisma, et cetera, et cetera, those all factor in, in any company. But the main thing that we're looking for is passion and drive and, you know, the will to win, if you will. And we're looking to build up, like I said in the past, singles, tag team, women's, all the same amount. Uh, unfortunately, there's not as much female talent out there as I'd like, and a lot of them get booked really quick, so it's been a little bit of a challenge there. But we definitely want to make that come up as well. As far as... Uh, what was the second part? You said uh, things that people should try to do when they're getting into business? Or... Yeah, if they're new to the business and, and like if you're hmm. a trainer and something you would want to convey to them, what would it be? Uh, to never give up. Keep in mind there's light at the end of the tunnel. I've thought about quitting because I was too beat up to continue many training sessions and I figured, you know what? If I do, it's all for nothing and I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life and this is what I want to do. So let's just keep going with it. There are going to be times where you look yourself in the mirror and say, can I really continue doing this? And although you know you want to, you don't know if you can. You need to be mentally tough and, you know, ready to to look yourself in the mirror and to answer that question. And, you know, some people that answer might be no, but um, 
I mean, if it's something you truly love, you can't give up on yourself. And, you know, obviously staying in shape is important and all that, but, you know, that comes to the territory. So I think mental toughness is what they really have. And, and study a lot. Watch a ton of matches, everything. Not only, like, if you're a smaller wrestler, let's just say, don't just watch, like, the Cruiserweights from WCW. Watch, you know, New Japan. Watch the big guys, too. Watch the tag teams. Watch everything. Watch everything. It's so easy now with the, you know, WWE's got the network. New Japan's got their thing. You know, Ring of Honor, I think, has some kind of video-on-demand gimmick. So, you know, get on all that. Get on YouTube. Find, you know, different wrestling from all over the world. Indie, big time, everything. So, yeah, mental toughness and be a student of the game. The only thing I got to say, you know, and I'm looking forward to seeing the May 16th show. Um, You know, it looks great, and and I'm... I just love your philosophy. I mean, you know, when you're talking about going out to a show and getting more bang for your buck, uh, you know, you're, you're you're looking at a tag team division, you're looking to build the ladies. I mean, you know, it, I just like the sound of everything. That if you if you go to a magic show, uh, you're going to get a little bit of everything, and that's uh, you know, it's really as a wrestling fan, uh, you know, that's what you're looking for. So before we let you go, again, give us all the details. May 16th, how can we get tickets, where and where, everything, uh, shoot away. All right. Well, the event is, like we said, Saturday, May 16th, 7.15 p.m., Cliffside Park's number six school. Um, tickets will be at the door if we have any left. It is a 500-seat venue, and the one school that we're holding it in alone has 800 kids. So I definitely, for that fact alone, I would recommend getting tickets early at wrestlingismagic.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Pro Wrestling Magic, Twitter at Wrestling Magic because they don't allow long names. We're like us, Pro Wrestling Magic on Facebook, and that's pretty much it. We got a double main event. The ECWA Heavyweight Title will be on the line again. Matt Saigon retained in the main event of our first show. He has called out Ricky Martinez, who was trying to avoid him the whole match and trying to sneak a win, and it did not go his way. So Saigon called him out. They're having their match. Boom, there it is. And the Casamento Cup Finals, Jarrett Foster and Stevie Sterling, Glitz and Glamour, versus myself and Hoos Trapalash, Stormforce. And those two matches should be worth the, worth the price of admission alone. Plus we have uh, the Proletariat Boar of Moldova and Missile Assault Ant from Chikara versus MCW Sudden Impact. So those three matches alone are worth the price of admission. Plus we'll have at least three or four more. You know, get your tickets now, wrestlingismagic.com. Hashtag wrestlingismagic. Very cool. Thanks a lot for giving us a few minutes, Steve. Looking forward to Magic on May 16th, and we'll talk to you real soon. Cool. Thanks for having me. Take care. Good stuff, man. And, you know, it, again, like, I guess it's philosophy, you know, when you look at, like, I, I mean, you just wish that promoters uh, had that mentality that Steve has, that, you know, just work with each other, uh, book together uh don't like if you have like he said you have 400 people that are going out for shows why are you trying to steal two of them ultimately uh you know both of you are going to make less money but if you're working together um you know that's you know it just works out better you know steve you know sounds like he you know he doesn't have much of an ego he's looking to put a put together a good show he, he's booked in a tag team match you know he's not booking himself for the championship um it's it's just it's just the right philosophy, and you would hope in this area that uh, more promoters would get in line, and and even even if there was kind of a northern New Jersey, 
NWA kind of vibe where, where maybe there's a northern New Jersey champion that traveled to different promotions um, and other areas kind of did that. It remains to be seen, but I, I like the way Steve Off is talking as far as uh, how he wants to put magic together. Yeah. I mean, he's got, the, he's got, he's got a more open mind um, to the business and, you know, to the position of a promoter than most promoters in independent wrestling do nowadays. Like he said, it's about, about greed and money. Um, I'm sure Steve wants to, you know, make money in, in his endeavor as a promoter, but at the same time, he also wants to do something different and help the, the business thrive and continue to thrive because if it doesn't thrive, then Steve and many other promotions might not be in business. So he's got the right, he's got the right frame of mind with it. You know, I'm, 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 Hundred percent on board with him as, as far as his his vision goes, and you know, hundred percent support from from my end. I, I think it's pretty cool. All right, so we we got some people that have been really really patient that have been hold on hold for a while. We got about twenty five minutes left. Focus, bring it. Just the phone for the last twenty five minutes. Let's go out right now. We got Anthony on the line. Anthony, how you doing this evening? What's going on, guys? How you doing? We are doing all right. What do you got for us? You know what? You know, real quick. You know, I love you guys because I sit there and uh, I'm trying to think about what are they going to talk about this week. You know, trying to decide what I'm going to talk to you guys about. And the two points that I wanted to talk about, you brought up the injury thing and lawsuits type stuff with the WWE and the whole business side of the independent scene. But uh, just a quick story for you that kind of plays into what you were just talking about with Steve-Off. I was up at XWA a couple weeks ago, and uh, Beyond Wrestling was there promoting their brand at the XWA show and selling tickets. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure what the the whole business arrangement is, if there is one, or it's just two uh, indie shows trying to use each other to promote each other because, let's face it, they're using a lot of the same talent. And I I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, XWA would allow that. And I'm sure the same thing is going to go on at the Beyond Show where instead of fighting each other, and it kind of plays into what Steve Off was saying, um, work together because at the end of the day, uh, what, what, whatever best for the fans is kind of best for your business in a way. You know well, what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah, I think oh, sorry, what it is is like if, if you look to improve the business, it, it'll wind up being more money for everybody, and it might might be a little bit more of a long term thing. Um, but if you increase the amount of wrestling fans out there and you start working together, long term, it's it's going to you know there's going to be more money. There's going to be more fans. There's going to be more. But it's just, again, you know, you got people that are set in their ways, uh, people that, you know, promoters that just, you know, want to do their own thing, that think that they know best, and uh, there's a lot of ego involved. Um, but I, I think working together, if you can get it to work, um, is is the way for, for the independents to, to go. I, I hope they move in that direction, and I like what Steve Off is saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even even for the bigger promotions, because – uh, to get an XWA again in, in their whole storyline they have playing out over their shows they kind of have like an XWA versus ROH theme going and they're actually using the ROH name and ROH talent is on all their shows and things like that and they obviously have ties but 
you know, for, for Ring of Honor, obviously, is allowing this to happen. You know, you sometimes wonder if somebody was, like, saying, uh, this was a TNA versus, you know, whoever, or WWE versus whoever, you, you could see a lawsuit, you know what I'm saying? But instead of, you know, and obviously a lot of these Ring of Honor guys go out and do their indie, sh- indie shows and things like that, so that plays into it. But for a bigger, one of the mid-range bigger companies to kind of allow an indie company to use their brand and promote it, I think I think it's smart for them too because at the end of the day, if you've never seen our Ring of Honor and you're at an XWA show and they keep saying Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, and you see these guys wrestling, you're like, wow, they're pretty damn good, which they all pretty are. Very good. Um, you're probably going to want to tune in and see what's Ring of Honor all about. So, and again, I don't expect WWE to do this kind of thing. Let's face it, they don't have to. Like Dave's brought up, they're, they're on everybody's television set. They've been around forever. They don't need to promote these ways. But for these smaller companies, working together is the way to go. You know, New Japan's doing it with Ring of Honor, with Global Force. They're all doing it together. And I think as a wrestling fan, it's only good for you. Because I'll be honest with you, right now, I can kind of take or leave WWE. Uh, I have the network. It's 9.99. We all know that. So I put my 9.99 in every month, and I get what I need from WWE. So I watch it. If I was having to spend 50 or $60 a month on pay-per-views right now, I, I'd be honest with you, I would consider not spending that every month just because the programming isn't exactly my favorite right now. And I'm kind of spending my wrestling portion of my income going to indie shows, and that's what I like to do. And I, that's why it kind of drives me nuts when people go crazy about WWE this, WWE that. There's so many more outlets where you can get the wrestling you want, and these companies bringing that all together, it's just a home run for the fans and if WWE is not your thing anymore, you have a lot of other outlets to go to, and I think people need to realize that. I agree with you. You know, in part of tonight tonight's show, we we actually, you know, we weren't enamored by a lot of what we're seeing at a WWE programming, and we we're looking at some other things to uh, to talk about. And and the independent scene is definitely very interesting, and it definitely, uh, to me, is evolving into uh, a, a new territory system. Now, it has evolved the right way. Uh, that remains to be seen. When when you see company, look. When you go to a wrestling show, it, it's great to be able to to go in and see different talent. Uh, you know, whenever you know, if you keep, continue to follow a promotion, you want to see some of the same guys. You want to see different guys. You want to see some lightweights. You want to see heavyweights. You want to see a legit tag division. Um, you know, you'd like to see some brawling, you'd like to see some technical. So that, like, when you're putting together a show, that's kind of what you want to see. If you're if you're working in a cooperative, you can put that together. You can put shows like that together. When you're egocentric, you put together shows where you see the same guys in the same matches each and every show, and and it loses something, and it's not you know, it, it's not enough bang for your buck. So as as Steve is working on it, I, I just and, and you know like you're saying out there in Connecticut, the more that you see independent promotions working together to put on these shows that top to bottom are worth like you're saying, you budget out your entertainment dollar. Uh, you know these promoters need to check their egos and put out 
independent shows that are worth me giving my dollar to. And and if you're working together, you're putting those shows out there. And I just hope more and more independent promotions do that because you're right. If you're pissing and moaning about the WWE, there's other stuff out there to watch. And there's a lot of talent out there. Um, and, and you just you can go out and see these independent shows. So uh, hopefully we're moving in that direction. Hopefully, you know, when, when we're talking about spending our entertainment dollar, that, you know, in this area, especially when you talk about Connecticut and, and northern New Jersey, uh, there's there's so much out there. Um, you yeah. just hope as, as time goes on, it, it evolves in the right way. Hopefully, and I hate to say it, hopefully the the promoters and companies that want to move in this cooperative direction flourish and the business moves in that direction and the guys that don't want to kind of fall by the wayside and they go out of business yeah. and we see the, the, the industry evolve the way it should. Absolutely, and it, I think I think it plays in from both sides too. Where the guys that've been around for nineteen, twenty years, or however long, you know, they have to be flexible to allow maybe a younger guy to come in and do his thing. But at the same time, the younger guy needs to realize: don't step on toes. You know, build your business, do your part, work together, and j- just from knowing the few people I know in the business, it seems like the behind-the-scenes dramatics, it almost plays out in, into what comes out in the product sometimes where they're like, oh, an untrained guy is running a show. I will never work for that guy. But then you have a guy who's been doing any shows for 20 years who will work for him. And I think just that little bit, a give on each side where, yeah, I'm the new guy, so you know I'll take a step back you know, learn from you, but I also want to do it my way in a sense where I think I could bring something new to it. And the guys who've been around for a while, they they almost need to have some leeway too and allow these new guys in. I mean, let's see, unless you're running shows up against each other every other weekend or every month or whatever it is, which I don't, around here anyway, a lot of, there's not a lot of that going on. Maybe, you know, a two-hour drive, an hour-and-a-half drive, yeah, but in, in a half hour, 40, 45 minute drive, there's there's not really two or three shows going on at once. So you're really not direct competition. So to me, if you could cross promote and get some of their fans in your show and some of your fans in their show, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. You you would think it's a no brainer, but it, it's it's amazing the the power of of ego. <laughs> so absolutely. <laughs> Remains to be seen. I mean, hopefully, I'm looking forward to Magic, and hopefully we have more promotions moving in that direction. Good stuff, Anthony. Thanks for the call. Uh, again, we'll be back on Sunday for the Extreme Rules pregame, so uh, hopefully we'll hear from you that night. Uh, have a good week. You too, guys. I'll talk to you Sunday. I have a few things on Extreme Rules, but I figured uh, that would be better for the Sunday call, so I'll speak to you then. Sounds good. Take it easy, bro. Take care. All right, let's go. We got Mike on the line. I'm sure Mike Scott wants to talk about. Mike, are you there? Hey guys, I just uh, heard Anthony, and uh, he's uh, he's really good. And I want to announce right now that he is my official 1640 PWPR uh, independent. Um, he's going to be my reporter, independent reporter. Nice. That's good, man, because he's like he's big on the independent scene. He's a big fan. Uh, 
uh, independent wrestling, so I think he's uh, he's a good guy to uh, give you the lowdown out there in Connecticut of what's going on on the on the independent scene. You know, we're talking a lot tonight, Mike, about you know the independent scene, uh, perhaps being uh, the new territory system. Uh, a guy like Steve Off promoting, bringing uh, people from other promotions in. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the, the independent scene? You're a big independent fan, especially in the uh, northern New Jersey area. Uh, do you see it as, a, as kind of a territory system? Well, I just I got a little quick story. In 2009, a lot of people, you know, you say you're a fan, but a lot of people forget I was a booker. Um, I was booking for Freedom Championship Wrestling. And my vision was I was working with Magic. Magic and I were together on this. We were brought in, you know, to help out this company. And my vision was to go around and do what we were talking about, like a talent sharing. And we actually, we, you know, because guys want to learn and train and stuff, we actually got some pretty good talent. We had talent from PC, PCWA. Um, we had talent from VPW, Victory Pro Wrestling, um, BWO, ROH, we had Andy Rich um, come down for us a couple of times to wrestle. And there was a couple of people, there was a couple, I'm not going to mention the companies because it's in the history books, but there was a company, a lot of people that didn't want to see us succeed. And um, they didn't want their wrestlers coming on our shows. And they, didn't, and they were ripping down posters and they were calling commissioners. So that's why I feel exactly how Steve, um, you know, how Steve feels. That's why Steve and I have, you know, been talking because I've been seeing a lot of like shady stuff going on, and I and I don't think that's right. But to answer your question, you know what? There is a lot of companies out there that can work together. For instance, there's a wrestling organization called Superstars of Wrestling. Now they're going to have a show featuring Shane Douglas versus PWS Pro Wrestling Syndicate's Kevin Matthews. And uh, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be uh, good, you know. And then we were talking about Steve Hall, Pro Wrestling Magic. You know, can't say enough about the organization. And it has nothing to do with me knowing the guys. It's the talent. For instance, uh, tonight on Monday Night Raw, there is a young lady who is, who is um, from D2W. She was trained by Damian Adams. She is um, Diona Perazu. She wrestled against Ashley America in, um, you know, for Pro Wrestling Magic. So it's, I can't wait to see what role she's going to be in tonight. And she's also going to be on SmackDown. So congratulations to her. But, uh, yes, I, I definitely agree with you guys. I think we're gonna, they have to. They have to get together. Everybody has to work together. Ego is the worst thing that you can have in the wrestling business or any business. And you guys know that, you know. So that's where I'm going with that one. No, it's good stuff, you know, and again, I, I love what, what Steve is saying, and it's just, you know, the, the working together is, is really important, um, you know, the talent sharing. Um, you know, I'm curious, you know, you know, why not? I mean, we talked about, you know, you, you brought it up with 1640. Um, what are some of the things as far as, like, bringing Anthony into the scene uh, as far as uh, reporting on the independence uh, as we garner more subscribers we want people to go to itunes subscribe again multiple shows over there on 1640 go to itunes 1640 pwpr just subscribe get all these shows uh what can we look forward to as far as anthony and reporting on on the independent scene no there's going to be multiple reporters because anthony can't be all over the place so i'm going to have 
uh, a couple of guys that I trust to do it. And, uh, you know, like, you know, Anthony came on my show, you know, I had him on my show, and he was talking about CM Punk, and we were talking about the independent stuff, and he knows his stuff. I mean, the guy, you know, the guy's an independent guy. He loves what he likes. He likes the wrestling, and that's why, you know, it was King Firehawk's idea to have him on the show, and I agreed with him. I said, you know, this 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 guy is, is knowledgeable, and I was very happy to speak to him. So, um, you know, I, I just want people to know, you know, and you're going to hear, you know, that's another thing. You're going to hear that on my Forest Speaks. I am talking to independent wrestlers. I am going to go out to these shows and try to get um, people, you know, to come on. I already have a company that I'm, I'm went out last Saturday to, um, trying to speak to some people. He mentioned, um, Steve Olfus mentioned Eric Corvus. Eric Corvus is hot right now. He's in a, uh, he's in a, um, a feud right now with um, this guy named Michael Massacre and, and uh, another guy by the name of Dr. John Bowes. They had a casket, they had a casket match last um, Saturday night. At U, it was UWA Elite. And all of a sudden, this guy just shows up. After their casket match, you see somebody coming through the door. And who it is? The good doctor and Michael Massacre. And Eric Corvus, uh, you know, he needs to get a taxi partner. And they're going to have a show on the um, the 20, 23rd of May. So, 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 you know, that ties him, too, because Eric Corvus is a student of magic, the wrestler. You know, so the legend, I should say. Not wrestler, but the legend. So, uh you know, you never know. I want to see more of these guys out there. I want to see the girls, you know. I, 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 I just, I, I like that. I like Brittany Blake from CDW. Arlene. I like, you know, Ashley America. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things where you have a lot of choices. Like Steve Wolf was saying, you have a lot of different choices. Well, definitely looking forward to hearing, uh, you know, what you're going to bring to the table as far as the, the independent scene and, uh, you know, thanks again for giving us a call this evening. Again, tune in. Give, give us a call Sunday. You know, we didn't do a lot of WWE tonight, which, you know, is okay because we're talking wrestling. So uh, give us a call Sunday. We'll talk some extreme rules. Good call as always, Mike, and we'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Thanks, just, just let me, let's just make sure you guys stay tuned to PWPR and uh, listen to what we got. And uh, don't forget, too, May 2nd, you have that show coming up. Uh, Kevin Knight, working on something, you never know, but I want, I, I was saying, I'll save it for later, but I'm going to be at that show because I want to see uh, Michelle wrestle and I want to see all the other guys wrestle, so let's just uh, do it independent style, and you got, you. Uh, what time is your show on Sunday? Uh, we'll be going uh, 6 to 8, you know, so... Uh... Oh, that's a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough one for me because no, the top sorry, rope, we don't fit into your schedule. No, 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 no. You, you guys, uh, you guys, no, you guys, done, you guys have done a lot for me, so I thank you for everything, and you know that. So Thanks, we'll see. I'll see what I could do. All right, cool. I'll talk to you then. Thank you, thank and you. Dave. I love you guys, and take it easy, Dave. I got gotcha. you. Right. Bye, bye, brother. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Evan, so uh, yeah, I feel like we need like a, you know, sixteen forty. PWPR or P yeah P PWPR. Like we need hey, like we need you would, we need jingle singers. We need a jingle. You you, you would know this. What was that show on TV in the eighties? It was about the radio show out of 
Oh, WKRP. WPRP. WKRP in Cincinnati. Can we do that? <laughs> WPWR. It just doesn't roll off the tongue like that. No. We need, we need so singers that want to donate time. All right, I got the big question tonight, as we have about six minutes left, unbelievable news that the network is going to have Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, one of the greatest Saturday morning cartoons in the history of Saturday morning cartoons. They don't even do Saturday morning cartoons anymore. And the big question is, will Monday Night Raw be more or less entertaining than Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling? Remains to be seen. There's been some good as of late again, and I don't want to beat the dead horse for the three hours, but the three hours has been rough, especially when it's not good. Um, I like what, what Cena's been doing with the Open Challenge. Um, but, Dave, honestly, as, as we wind down, and we'll talk a lot more as we get ready for Extreme Rules, it's been a weird year for the WWE. To me, it's been a lot of weak Raws. Thank you, WWE. You gave us a kick-ass WrestleMania. Um, the night after was was very good. I don't know if I could say it's great. And now we're kind of moving in the direction of, of mediocre Raws again that I'm, I'm having trouble staying awake through. Um, I don't know. I hope we get a better one. It's the go-home show for Extreme Rules. Your thoughts? Before I get into that, uh, since I am the resident uh, news guy here at the Ken Reedy Show, I just looked, and there is speculation that Daniel Bryan will not be on tonight's Raw telecast or this week's SmackDown. He will not be on any WWE television heading into Sunday's pay-per-view. It's being reported he's not he has not been seen um, anywhere in the building in Albany, New York, or near the building. It's It's probably the case that he wasn't even brought to TV this week at all in hopes that his body can heal up for the match on Sunday with Barrett for the Intercontinental title. So I just wanted to drop that little news for you. Um, will we see a more entertaining Raw tonight? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm digging the Cena Open Challenge because it's, it's having him work with different guys. You know, he worked with Barrett last week before. He had a cool match with Stardust. Uh, he's been involved with... Um, uh, you know, uh, he, he was involved with, with Ambrose the night after WrestleMania. So um, I've been digging that sort of stuff. And that's kind of been helping add more uh, credibility and legitimacy to the United States Championship and having work with different guys, guys who he's not worked with regularly. I thought that's been pretty cool. So um, I'm, I'm I'm digging Cesaro. I always dig Cesaro. I think he's great. Him is, you know, Tyson Kidd, that team has uh, been pretty good. And I like I've liked what I've been seeing out of Sheamus. And I like where I've been seeing out of Neville and Ziggler. I thought their match was phenomenal. But there's nothing that really comes out at me and, like, grabs me by the throat, kind of like what WrestleMania did. Um, but then again, you know, we've talked about this before in years past. We could just be experiencing that WrestleMania hangover that we, we, we normally experience where we come back from a badass WrestleMania and then everything just kind of may seem like a letdown, but it really isn't because WrestleMania was that good. So, um I'm optimistic as, as far as what we're, we're expecting, um, you know, heading into tonight and going into the pay-per-view. But who knows? I, I mean, the rumored matches I've been hearing for the card, I mean, the card looks pretty solid, you know, with Reigns and Big Show in a last-man-standing match, a Russian chain match with Cena and Rusev, cage match with Rollins and Orton, 
Brian and Barrett. Um, there's been talk that they might add a stipulation to Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper. Both those guys have worked really well together lately. So, um, you know, Ziggler and Sheamus are going to be involved in a match. I mean, the card looks pretty damn solid um, heading into Sunday's pay-per-view. So, um, I don't expect anything groundbreaking to happen tonight, but um, I can't expect a bad pay-per-view on Sunday considering the matchups that they already have lined up. So, I agree. I think I think the pay-per-view, and we'll talk about that on Sunday, I think the pay-per-view is shaping up. Uh, some more breaking news. Uh, it is reported uh, now coming up by, on WrestleZone from a WrestleZone reader that there is a steel cage uh, suspended over the Raw ring tonight. Uh, he tweeted out a picture, so there is a cage. Now, whether that's just to sell the pay-per-view or we're going to get a cage match or maybe just a cage spot, uh, um, some heel-type individual just lowers the cage in the middle of something. Remains to be seen, but reportedly there is a steel cage suspended above the ring for tonight's Monday Night Raw. So we'll see what's going to happen. Hopefully. Oh, here's more the- breaking news. Whoa! Got more breaking news. Um, Sin Car and Kalisto, the Lucha Dragons, are going to face the New Day tonight in a number one contenders match, and the winners are going to face Cesaro and Tyson Kidd for the tag team titles this Sunday at Extreme Rules. Wow. So look at that. We don't spend much time on the WWE, and we kind of close things out with some breaking news. So uh, good stuff. I'm I'm hoping we get a good go-home show tonight. Um, You know, I think we're going to get, like, at least a solid entertaining pay-per-view. So, uh, you know, it remains to be seen what we get out of Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, We will continue to follow the Daniel Bryan story closely. Uh, what it could mean for Extreme Rules. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens at Extreme Rules with him, and we'll see if the reports are true and whether or not he is on Monday Night Raw tonight. Lots to talk about on Sunday. Be sure to tune in 6 to 8 p.m. this Sunday for our Extreme Rules pregame show. Be sure to check out 1640 PWPR on iTunes. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you Sunday. Take care, everybody. Enjoy Raw.